0: episode 8 of the London Girls Podcast. And I'm Janice.
1: I'm Zainab. We're
0: the London Girls. And, and
1: we've well, been away for ages.
0: So <laughs> no, don't start with that. because, <laughs> But it's because true. The that's elephant what happens. in the room. That's what happens when like YouTube, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I've been gone for so long. And you're like, you know, just get on with the video. Just, yeah. That's we true. We don't do that. Just, do you know, half the time
1: it. when these YouTubers are talking about the fact that they've been gone for so long... It's almost as if, like, they're talking as if there has there's no other YouTubers for the people to watch. It's almost as if they're the only person on, available to watch on YouTube. What are you apologising for? Do you think I'm going to be sitting around waiting for your one video to come out when there's not other ten, 20 other makeup gurus who do the exact same thing that you do? No shade, but it's true.
0: Exactly. So we don't need to apologise. Not really. You know, you've been getting your fill of what you need while we've been away. So, um... So today, we come back in um, basically off the back of yesterday it was, wasn't it? Was yesterday the BuzzFeed or was it the day before? Oh,
1: on Monday. Monday, I think. Was it Monday? Monday.
0: Yeah. So we had an article, um, basically we were featured in a list on BuzzFeed, which um, which Zainab messaged over to me um, on Monday. And we were just like squealing so happy because it's our first BuzzFeed like feature our first anything (laughs) with BuzzFeed actually it's our first anything in terms of other than friends sharing our stuff which is wonderful and we thank you for that Um, this is our first kind of just random shout out I guess Yeah,
1: I I know like for some people BuzzFeed is just like a really generic um, trash website I don't know everyone has their own varying opinions of BuzzFeed but I think it means a lot to me because it's some. It's a kind of validation that not only people are actually listening to what we talk about, what we have to say, the content that we're producing, but it's also like really affirming to know that we're part of like this community of um, uh, podcasters or, or Black British people making podcasts. Who we we do this because we wanna we wanna have our own content to to consume, like, we don't always just want to be looking and listening to American people. Like, what about us? What about our own little community and the stuff that we're going through and the stuff that we're making?
0: The list itself also is great because it's, Absolutely. It includes the, the likes of Melanin Millennials, um, Two Fools Talking,
1: mostly... You are really li- like crazy.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's the thing is, that the list that's been put together by Gina, I think it's Gina Moore. Or Gina Moore, Barrett. Yeah. Um, she put together a great list, a really well thought out list. You can tell it's like you know something that she believes in. so the article itself, regardless of where it appeared, is really wonderfully written. It's really informative. Um, I've been able to look at other podcasts as well, so I'm really grateful um, to be part of the list definitely. she's on um, she's on Twitter as Smile Jenna. Or Smile Gina, so it's S-M-I-L-E-G-E-N-A. If you want to check out more of her stuff, and she's a BuzzFeed, like, contributor, basically. Um, Writer for BuzzFeed UK. Um, So, yeah, we're really grateful for that. It's cool to be part of that.
1: It really is. Especially, like, when when we started doing this last year, when we were asking each other, is anyone even going to listen to this? Oh, my gosh, because we (laughs) feel like
0: we're just talking to each other. (laughs) Like, no one's there. So... It's lovely, yeah. It's lovely to know that people are listening. It's great, um, and we just like hope that it kind of reaches more now with this, with this recent publication, this yeah. recent promotion. It's great. So, what have
1: you been doing for the last three months of your the life? The last
0: three months of my life. Yeah. What have I been doing? I have been. Really pondering over the whole thing of my Mac mainly. so I haven't really been so creative because my Mac's been so slow. It's amazing so how, that's how kind a of... chunk
1: of metal
0: can just really do that, right? I know, I know. So I've mostly just been watching things on it, not really doing anything with it. <laughs> watching movies. Um, I watched this Korean movie, South Korean movie, last week called The Wailing. And it was, okay. oh, it's a mess. It was a horror movie. But it was also like using a lot of kind of um, like shaman, mystical kind of souls being stolen. It was, a, it was so much to watch. It was I think I want to watch this. Really scary. It was really scary, really stuck with me as well. And I had to like look on Wikipedia after, look on websites to figure out what the film was about because I, I could not understand it, but I really wanted to understand it. Oh, so was there was struggling. no subtitles. Oh there were subtitles, but it was mm-hmm. a confusing film. It was just a confusing film. So watching movies mainly. And um yeah, just trying to sort out a new Mac. That's the main right. thing that's kinda of been on my been on my mind. So I'm hopefully gonna be a lot more creative this autumn and winter.
1: Can you can you feel I don't know about you, but I've definitely felt a shift in the energy since uh, autumn kicked in a couple of weeks ago I've definitely been feeling the need to be more involved in in creative pursuits if you will and um, for the last three months I have been um, moving house working like a dog um, feeling, thinking yeah <laughs> Etc. Feeling, thinking, more feeling and thinking as I usually do. Yeah, it's um, it's been a really life came at me fast sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> for the last three months, but but it's almost I don't know. I feel like I this is my very favorite, my most favorite time of the year, um, October onwards. Like this, and, and it's not just because it's my birthday in November, but. I really like this time of the year. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that because it's cold, you're either forced to stay indoors more and just, like, stay indoors and do more work and be a bit more focused. But then that's not to say that I'm not social at this time of year because there's always so much going on. Yeah. I have... There's loads of friends, I have lots of friends who have their birthdays around this time of year, like there's bon, like bonfire, <laughs> there's like Halloween, not that I really do anything for Halloween, and then there's Christmas time, not that I celebrate Christmas, but still I like the Christmassy season. feel. Yeah. Yes,
0: I absolutely love this season, it's it's fun. And, and, and wrapping up, obviously, and turning the heating on, Yes, and, and feeling and, toasty, and yeah.
1: wearing like really like... Really glamorous jackets and coats, and and wrapping my neck and shoulders in in scarves, and just you know, like over accessorizing. I Yeah, absolutely... there's a whole
0: wardrobe now to access, obviously, that I couldn't be wearing in the summertime. I know, and I can wear All like stuff. more
1: vampier makeup, like darker eyeshadows, and. And heavy, just heavier makeup. And I just... I don't know. Yes, I'm definitely... Even though I don't like being cold, I'm definitely a winter baby. This season is definitely, for me, like, I just feel a little bit more focused and a little bit more witchier. And I like it a
0: lot more. Yeah. I prefer it as well. Just for, like you said, the layering up. The clothes I can access now. Mm -hmm. I like wearing fluffy things. So this is the time for it. So I want to... I want (laughs) to... I wanna talk
1: about the Frag Ocean album that you just mentioned a few minutes ago. Oh yeah. Because it's it's just come into my mind right now and So wait, did you actually finish the album? I didn't finish it. What track did you even what track did you get up to? I don't know, I wasn't even bothered
0: to like look at what the name of the tracks were. Yes, because it all sounded like it all sounded like one song. Yeah, I wasn't, I just, I got, cause obviously, I mean, I, I had been meaning to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and it was only after listening to Solange's new album that I was like, okay, I'm just trying to listen to Frank Ocean now. But after experiencing Solange, you know, the amazingness that was a seat at the table, mm-hmm. I got into like Frank Ocean's album and it's like, I don't connect. I don't like it. And he's saying things that I'm not so keen on. I know the whole thing. You know the whole thing about the. I think he's referring to traffic lights, and he's talking about. I prefer red bones now. Now he's not actually talking. Apparently, someone has explained he's not actually talking about skin color, but um, he's refer- he's like making a play on words and referring to traffic lights. But that language, I just found it alienating. I was like, you know what, I can't be bothered, and I shut off. I think that's the one that's called. Is it not Nikes Souls? I don't know. There is.
1: There's one particular song that I can't remember what it's called, but I think it's maybe the fourth track, and it has beyonce's beyonce's libs in the background, oh yeah, and it sounds like um i i just I, I said this to my friend the other day that track sounds as if you put your ear towards the door of heaven, like you
0: you were on the other side of heaven and you put your ear towards the door. <laughs> oh really? I don't even, I didn't think I got that far. I think I got as far as solo and shut off. So that was track five. I shut off, off track five and that's where he was talking about the whole redbone thing. I just couldn't be bothered anymore.
1: But the this Nike song is really useless. is no oh I feel bad for saying this, but it's a really useless song. And <laughs> then <laughs> and then everything else, like you said, I could not connect with it whatsoever. It just felt very um Almost like a very esoteric sort of language that he's singing in. I just don't understand what he's singing about. What is what is what is what is going on in his head? What is he trying to emote? What is he trying to communicate with this album? I really don't understand. So, like, it's too avant-garde. It's like it's, I feel like it's just a bit too far out there.
0: For and me. the thing is, that's not that's not a terrible thing. But I guess I just wasn't in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. After all, what I'd been listening to, I just wasn't in the mood for it anymore. So. Um, I still haven't finished the album unfortunately. Like and I can't really be fussed to at the moment. Hopefully I will in the future, but at the moment I'm not fussed.
1: Maybe it's one of those albums that well, for me I feel like it's just something I'll put on in the background and not
0: necessarily listen to with
1: with full concentration and intent. It's just something that is just gonna serve as pleasant background music on an on a nice evening. Perhaps, yeah. Whereas whereas with Solange's album, I'm listening to that album because I want to
0: listen to it. I'm learning lyrics. I'm, I haven't learned lyrics of a song in ages. Like, I haven't been fussed about learning lyrics of a song in ages, and I'm actually learning the lyrics to all of the songs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's your favourite? What's your favourite so far? I really, really like Weary. And I really
1: like... Um... I can't remember Is it something like Don't Wait For Me Don't You Wait For Me
0: Don't You Wait Yes Don't You
1: Wait For Me Yeah That one Because the beat The beat is is Like really reminiscent Of like An 80s pop Track or something I like I like the beat of it Um, I
0: also really It sounds like I Want You By Erica Badu Kind of, yeah. Kind of, the um, yeah. the gift is it the guitar or the bass in the background? Mm-hmm. It sounds like I want you. It is very uh, World, World underground.
1: It is very similar. Man, I, I mean, if you want, we could go down track by track. We could speak about it track by track, or if you want, we could just speak about it as a whole. What do you? I'm happy you?
0: speaking about it as a whole, mm-hmm. just like whatever kind of takes you. Um, I love cranes in the sky. It's hard to not love that song because it's
1: so simple. It's very very simple yet so so nuanced and like you feel what she's and if you've ever experienced what she's singing about, you will feel what she's singing about like when she talks about the ways in which she's tried to heal the thing yeah. that is plaguing her, like you just I find that track so relatable in so many ways. It's Definitely. it's so beautiful. Everything about it even just like even just, I, I love the way the bass sounds in that track. I love the strings towards the end. Uh huh. And I love just, I love her very uh, mini Ripperton
0: esque sort of uh, <laughs> harmonizing. Yeah, I love like her. the way she displays her range as well. Like she's got really great, kind of interesting areas of her voice, which you don't often hear in tracks. Mm hmm. Um, and our whole whistle range thing is really cool. I swear to God, when I first
1: started playing this album, I started rolling my eyes because I thought, oh my gosh, here we are. We're going to get another, like, airy-fairy-breathy, don't-really-know-what's-being-said sort of (laughs) vocal performance. Because, not to say that that's all Solange is, but, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's because I know Solange can sing her ass off. I yeah. just have the expectation of I want to hear more from her. Right, sure. So like when she does those really like airy-fairy, breathy songs, I just feel like, come on, man, give me something. Give me something that I can really, really feel, something that will move me. And she really brought it on this album. You hear her vocal range on this album, for real.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I also really like the interludes, especially the interludes that include her parents. Mm. So her dad talking about, you know, being amongst the children, some of the first children to go to integrated schools in the U.S., and having to walk through crowds of people who are screaming and shouting at them, throwing things at them, Ku Klux Klan members, and just kind of giving you a real sense of history throughout the album as well. Her mother talking about. You know the, her pride in being black and how that's all she ever wanted when i and heard the, the,
1: what she said about not wanting to not wanting to not be black that actually brought a tear to my eye it really did because i have this distinct memory of being in primary school with a bunch of my fellow black classmates i think there's about five of us And I remember, I swear we couldn't have been more than, like, eight years old at the time. And I remember, we were in the playground, and I remember we were having a conversation about being black. Because we were one of the few black people in the whole darn school. So it's very apparent that we're black. But just knowing that we're so young, but so race conscious, that is a really amazing thing. But we were talking about how amazing it felt to be black, and how we loved everything about... They have a being black and we were talking about how oh yeah like, issue, like we yeah, can do so many different things odd. with our hair and even the boys were like yeah I love the texture of my hair we were little babies wow we were little
0: kids I did not have conversations like that as a kid that's amazing
1: that was I'll never ever forget that time like being a little kid and speaking about that with, with fellow black kids that was pretty darn special it was amazing yeah. and so when Tina missed Tina and Tina, well, Tina Lawson now <laughs> I was what to call her nose when Miss Tina Lawson said that man it really took me back there and it made me realise like okay the love for being black is always there even though that love and that pride gets challenged Yeah. but still the love for the blackness and the pride in blackness is always there underneath it all she really touched a nerve she really hurt a nerve for me
0: such a beautiful
1: interlude
0: no it is um and just yeah having her parents on the album together as well is quite lovely it's a lovely thing too in itself because Mm -hmm. i guess of what their history is and just kind of is yeah it's just nice to hear and then there was it was interesting the track by um the track called mad so it's just after her dad's interlude dad was mad and then there's mad featuring little wayne that track is amazing because of what Little Wayne was recently saying about how I think he was talking about how he didn't believe racism existed or something like that, mm-hmm. and so when I saw Little Wayne's name on it, I was like, Little Wayne. And I'm just not into his music anyway. But then listening to him, listening to the track itself, hearing him talk about you know attempting suicide, being quite open about that stuff, and. About, I guess, the sense of betrayal he feels. He's got a bird on his back, he said, or something like that. I guess, referencing Birdman. And just all the stuff he's going through, his addiction, everything. It was just, it was like a really kind of, it sounds like a really freeing track in that sense, I guess, all the stuff he's talking about. And it's an interesting way to bring in another audience, I guess, those who are into Little Way and they can hear something like that's quite kind of. You know, in terms of emotions and feelings and engaging mm. with those things, it's and
1: I like it when Lil Wayne is not just like rapidy because he sometimes he does his rapity rap rapping. Right. And for me, rapity rap rapping is like he's not he's saying a lot with he's saying a lot of shit, but nothing that has like any real substance to it. Definitely. But then, but then there's times where you will hear Lil Wayne on a track who's actually breaking down some really interesting, interesting things. Um, and it's it's always good to remember like that
0: part of Lil Wayne. Yeah, I don't know f- Lil Wayne's music at all, so that's kind okay. of I've never really had to sit through a song by him because I've never chosen to. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a lovely. But Lil way to
1: but Lil, to Lil Wayne is like for me now when I think of Lil Wayne, I think of him like now he's like the wouldn't say the Godfather, but like he he birthed a lot of the rappers that are like, uh, really successful today. Sure. I mean, Drake. Lil way, um, sorry, Drake, Nicki Minaj, etc, etc. Um, like, you are aware that he is the founder of Young Money, which is, like, a subdivision of Cash Money Records owned by Birdman. Yeah. Right. Okay, so... For him, it's almost as if, like, he's, like, the... The Papa G. He's, like, the... He's like the big uncle who is now watching all of these younger rappers have success. And he probably doesn't really feel like he needs to make music anymore or or wants to do music anymore. However, I still feel like he has a lot
0: to contribute to rap music and hip hop in general. That's interesting because I just don't know any of his stuff. So I, I don't think of him in that way. When I think of, like, hip-hop and rap, I don't look to him. Even though I know he's had a huge influence. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't speak to me. And I think he does really speak to me, other than this track, yeah. Mad. Um, and then, also, there are interludes which have Master P on as well. So, talking about his Do you know, I thought, I thought it was journey. Birdman. I
1: actually thought it was <laughs> <What>? Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> but for <it's> some respect of Master P's name, I honestly <laughs> thought it was Birdman. <laughs>
0: I suppose oh, they're like wow. from,
1: they're, they're from like the same area, I believe. I don't. Know. But, I don't well, yeah. Isn't Master P from Atlanta as well? I'm not sure. I'm not I know, sure. But I know Birdman's from Atlanta, but I'm I don't know. Anyway, this is slightly irrelevant. But yeah, Master P talking about his um, come up with No Limit Records, etc., etc. That was yeah. pretty
0: awesome. It really was. Um, just hearing that story, and just, I've, I've never really listened to him talking about obviously his history of his like how he got through his career and all the rest of it so it was interesting um, and then um, there's also an interlude called I Got Magic I Got So there's Much Magic Andrews and, Kelly, and Roland. Kelly Rowland and they're just like harmonising together like they probably did when they were kids this and it's just so, so sweet beautiful. it's so sweet and it's just joyful I mean a lot of parts of this are very heavy emotionally but uh, they all have a sense of hope.
1: Absolutely, that's
0: something that's throughout it is a real sense of hope throughout it, and a real sense of finding um, finding peace in yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely something I get a sense of throughout it, which I really have enjoyed throughout. You know, listening to it, it's like I said, I've wanted to learn the lyrics to this as well. I haven't felt the need to learn lyrics to tracks for ages, but I'm actually like on my iTunes looking for the lyrics because the lyrics are with every track and try, like trying to read them as the, the songs come up. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's been a wonderful album, I mean, for this to come after her sister as well, obviously earlier in the year with Lemonade. Um, Lemonade obviously was a huge deal, but um, this one feels more for me. Lemonade was a spectacle. But this exactly has a That's
1: exactly what I said to myself the other day. Lemonade and and pretty much everything that Beyonce does is a spectacle. Whereas I don't I don't mean I don't mean to make comparison, but Solange's work is is an, a work of art that I feel like this will be cherished for
0: many many years to come. Yeah, it feels a lot more personal. Yeah. That's a big thing with this, it feels so personal. But, but when you say,
1: with that said, Lemonade is also very, very personal. Lemonade is talking about some really personal things, but I think it's Beyonce's delivery which is just so
0: different. Yeah, but I think, I think it's personal, but it's also communal. What Solange is talking about. So, yeah, it's a personal thing she's talking about, but it's also something we all relate to and all understand the details of. With Lemonade, there's lots of like, did this happen? Did that happen? What is this about? Very vague. But with yeah. this, with this, it's like straight to the point. Yes, and I and also Don't it's something touch I've my experienced. Hair. Exactly. It's straight to the point. It's, it's exactly. And the videos. So the videos. I didn't mean to actually talk about the two videos for Cranes in the Sky mm-hmm. and for Don't, Don't Touch My Hair. So um, and she so opens stunning. the the, the um, Don't Touch My Hair video with her like shaking out her beads, like so Patrice Russian, and um, just beautiful beads, ground. like slow motion. I think they're both filmed by her husband. Is that correct? Directed by her husband. both, yeah, directed by her husband. Um, and she co she had a hand in that as well in the directing, also a hand in the production.
1: She co wrote and co produced every single track on the album. Yeah. Like, she essentially produced her own album. I'm sure she had a lot of collaborative uh, support and help and contribution from fellow. Uh, musicians, the session players, and Raphael Sadiq, etc., etc. Yeah. But when I listen to this album, I really do feel like I'm in the mind and soul of Solange. I really do feel like this album has come straight from her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with no filter. No, no, no one has put some sort of filter to make it sellable. No one has put a filter on it to make it appealing to this generation or whatever. No, it's so direct so raw and very honest very very honest effort on Definitely.
0: her part. it's impressive um I, get, I think i haven't like i was i haven't really felt like there's been a classic album for a little while because for me the artists that i'm into have not been releasing so much recently so this feels like almost like the next generation of those artists like erica badu feels like the next generation of d'angelo and the next it feels it feels like a continuation of that and a kind of evo- you know evolution of that as well and just in terms of lyrics that mean something you know music that is is produced by you know musicians who understand you know bass lines and drums and all the rest mm-hmm. of it and bringing together a band live instruments not to say there's anything wrong with electronic music or with like you know samples or anything like that but it's i haven't heard like this for a little while in a way that i really want to listen to so it was inspiring i think i remember seeing um on facebook who was it um shanaz shanaz Dorset. she was saying how um it's it's like something you wish you could have made it's absolutely yes I i could have made not just because it's amazing but because it's like it's so right it's like yes this is what I've been trying to say this is what I've been yeah. feeling and it, it's it's it connects in that way as an artist it's like I wish I could have made this this is like, not even like in an envious way but it's just like that's how deep the connection feels basically
1: definitely as soon as I finished listening to the album all I could think about was oh my gosh I just want to I want to make some music that's yes. all I could think of And it just inspired me, it moved me in such a way that I felt, oh my gosh, I have a lot of shit to be mad about, but I also have a lot of shit to say as well. Like, no, for real, no pun. Like, I I have a lot of shit to be mad about because, (laughs) like I said, you know, life has been testing me lately. Yeah. So, just the same way that Solange found a really clever and creative way to articulate everything that was... In her mind, I think it's a great way for us to be inspired and figure out that if we use our platforms wisely, we can we can sort of create some kind of movement.
0: Yeah, and Because
1: this this album feels like a in some ways it feels like a peaceful protest against the the inhumane treatment towards black and brown bodies in America and also all around the world as well. It yeah. does, it sounds like a very, it's, it's. it embodies what A Peaceful Protest is about. Kind of what Marvin Gaye did with What's Going On.
0: Sure, and it's, well I guess, music, like soul music, Motown and like, it's always had the kind of Background of protest protests and it's been going alongside the backdrop of you know civil rights movements, music that speaks to that. Um, so it, it just it's a continuation, yeah, definitely. And certain parts of it as well, like so. Which one was it? It was um, like for example, Fubu. So Fubu for us, by us. <laughs> And, um, you know what's so funny?
1: Because I kept on looking at the Fubu. I was thinking, does she mean Fubu as in the the sports line Fubu?
0: <laughs> but that that song is like, it's got elements of like Motown, of gospel. It feels like a a little bit of a of a religious experience. Mm, like, it like, does, all the, doesn't it? Yeah, with all the, the the stabbing kind of backing vocals and the organs but, and the horns it. in there, as yeah, and horns. And it just it feels quite religious almost um and the, what it's saying you know for us by us and she's and this is such a difficult thing as well because her use of the word nigger in it mm-hmm. um it's interesting cuz i can find it quite alienating when certain artists use the word mm-hmm. like i find it really alienating when when kanye west uses the word nigger in his songs cuz i know that his audience is mainly white at yeah, the moment, and they're all. And, they're all saying and they're gig, to him I can't, in the I concerts. know I can't. I can't go to a Kanye West gig because I'm going to hear a bunch of white people saying "nigger" and it's going to like, it's going to fuck me up. I can't deal yeah. with it. This but-
1: is this is
0: this is the thing.
1: <laughs> this is the the cognitive cognitive dissonance about rap music. I don't want to be a, around a bunch of white people saying that word around me. No, it's
0: traumatic. It is. But you know when you hear on Solange's track "For Us Bias," she's literally saying "For Us Bias" and she's using this word. And mm. she even says, was it don't be mad if you can't sing along, sing along or sing along, yeah. just be glad that you don't could ready, something please. or other? Yeah. It's just like she's she's addressing that directly in that song. I did actually see some random posts on Tumblr from some, some
1: woman who was white. And she said, look, fellow white woman, appreciate, respect and understand that a seat f- uh, at the table is not for us. Full stop. Don't argue. Don't complain. Don't whine. End of story.
0: Be grateful that you can sit at the table and listen. If you exactly. <laughs> exactly, I guess that's it. Um, it's um, yeah. It's the whole thing has been a great. It's been a joy to listen. It kind to. of
1: reminds these sorts of things, you know, like within the culture. so it kind of rem, I'm reminded by it when I go on videos, like when I, if I'm listening to I don't know, like some of the younger artists like travis scott or young thug if i go on youtube and i play their music and i'm seeing all the comments by people who are saying oh when is the english version coming out yeah and i know they're trying to be funny but it's not funny just don't be annoyed don't be in don't be offended like don't don't get your knickers in a twist. If you can't understand what Young Thug is rapping or singing about, maybe you can't understand it because it's not for you to understand. Mm. Like, I understand what he's trying to say. Half the time, I actually really do understand it. <laughs> but, but, yes, I appreciate it. there's a lot of people who can't understand what these rappers, like, even Designer, like, with that Panda song. Do you remember we were talking about the other day? Yeah. I remember you said that it sounds like... It sounds like a secret language.
0: Yeah, no, no. You know the Timmy Turner? Is it Timmy Turner? <laughs> I heard an acoustic version of that, right? And when I tell you, it sounds like a spiritual chant. No, it's no, an acoustic no. It, version. That's
1: exactly what it sounds like to me. It sounds,
0: it sounds and like I don't a know what he's on about, but it felt spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do know. It's like a Negro spiritual. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's literally. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I'm not into it. But I'm not gonna like dismiss it. It's the dismissiveness that is just. Painful. It's a bit painful. Yeah, I find the dismissiveness a bit painful. I
1: just find it really hard, just disrespectful when white youth expect that black art should have to sort of cater to their needs and understanding. No, no, no. End of.
0: I guess we have to kind of There's so many things we have to learn, take on board, and respect via the education, mainstream education the rest of it. And we are quite accepting and respectful of it overall. But I guess as I've gotten older, I've been able to question things a lot more about how I feel about things, how I feel about art and comedy and is this person actually funny? Like, I remember watching Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. and I think I've had it on in the background before. I've never really followed it, but I watched it, like I really watched it one time and it's literally just like dryness and canned laughter. Throughout the yeah. whole thing. That's what Friends was <laughs> to me as well. Yeah, and I just... It, I guess because, you know, you're growing up and it's what's on TV and, you know, now with the internet I can watch things that I'm actually really into. But it's just like, I was really thinking, like, this is not funny. and It's not... I don't think this is for me. In some ways
1: I can see how people will find shows like this funny. Shows like New Girl. show You know, all these, like, mm-hmm, meh, meh, meh comedies. Like, really average comedies in my opinion. But I, at the end of the day, acknowledge that it's not for my sense. It doesn't really cater to my sense of humour, so it it is what it is. You know, after hearing A Seat at at the Table, I think I just realised just... I need... I just want to hear more music from Raphael Sadiq. Oh, yeah. And... I want more music from... Solange in general. Definitely. I hope that she does do live performances of... I, don't, I mean, I, I feel like it will be asking too much to ask for a tour. But I hope that she does... You know, even if it's just a one-off in, in like, I don't know, like five major cities, I would like to have a seat at the table.
0: <laughs> in these yeah, me shows. Because I think she did do a show... For so the last yeah, like, album, she did some shows. I'm pretty sure, like yeah, it wasn't maybe at just all. around America. Maybe it was, it was just around America. No, she,
1: she, did. she, I think she did come to London. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she came because I had some friends who said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see Solange live."
0: It oh, was like when it. that EP,
1: you know, that EP True. Uh huh. It was around the time that that came out, which is like, um, like three years ago now. Okay.
0: Okay, I didn't realise she came I hope she does come back for this album I'd love to see it live to hear it live Um, and just be amongst people other people listening to it live as well
1: yeah I've been seeing like some things on the internet about people like saying oh they want to do a listening session for the album just sort of like get people together and play the album from back to front and just you know enjoy the enjoy listening to it in a communal space I think that would be a lot of fun
0: yeah, I agree. I'd go to something like that. Me too. But um, not to like bad mouth Frank Ocean's album. It's just like, in the end, it wasn't for me.
1: <laughs> but there um, was like so much hubbub about it. like Yeah, I
0: think if I'd listened to it before A Seat at the Table, I might not have been so dismissive of it.
1: I don't. I don't really understand the whole marketing process of that album. I don't know if that marketing process was even deliberate. You know the whole like, oh, is it coming this Friday? Is it coming next Friday? And then it just randomly came. It was all very confusing to me. It's almost as if it almost feels as if Frank Ocean doesn't really have a grip or control over
0: his career. And I. I don't know. I don't understand why. But that could very much be the case. Do you remember what you sent me with? Is it Scissor? And the whole thing with you know the head of um is it T D E yeah T D E like she's telling him on via um Twitter via Instagram whatever you know release it if you want to release it whenever you want to it's almost like like what is going on with these artists where they're like having to beg to get their music released or just like give up on like a whole album they've made ever being released being shelved for Mm -hmm. ages and ages and ages so I can understand why you've got the likes of Chance the Rapper who won't sign any record deals who won't sign to anything. Is he still unsigned? No way. I think he still unsigned. I think he's refusing. I think he's been. No. Is he, I think he's still unsigned and just refusing to sign any record deals. And it's just he's doing just fine by himself. It seems. No, I'm sure. I'm sure he has some uh, distribution deal. I'm sure
1: he, he has he, something. He may
0: have something, but I think he has major control over most of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like for getting the music out, perhaps, or for the promotion. I don't know. Maybe he's got something like that. But I think in terms of the rights to his music, he ain't giving that away. He refuses. Well,
1: I suppose if he is writing everything, he can retain his writing credits,
0: etc. It's true, but then you've got, you know, examples of um, artists who, have, because they've signed a production deal or whatever it is, right. their their rights their music is basically, it's gone. Yeah. And it's whenever that, you know, production company decide to le- allow you to release your stuff or to use your stuff, that's why they had, you know, that time when Lauren Hill came and performed, she had to mm-hmm. perform Fuji songs because they wouldn't allow her to perform her music on her own, you know, set of gigs. I remember I saw her, she performed with the Fujis, the Fujis reunited, because she couldn't perform her music from um, the miseducation she, of Lauren Hill. Because she didn't have the rights to it. Yeah, even though she wrote them all, and it's all hers, and you know she wrote that's them all, and so it's all sad. hers.
1: That's so sad. Is that why
0: she didn't talk for ages? Yeah. she just went into being, like, reclusive? and I think that's part of it, yeah. But it's, um, so maybe Frank Ocean didn't have much control. It seemed very, very kind of sporadic and just, you know, giving these kind of, I don't know who was doing the stamped library due date thing as well. I don't know who was doing
1: that, but it was just making it look as if, like, he owes us something.
0: True, yeah.
1: Like he, Frank Ocean doesn't owe anybody anything. If he wanted, he could go away for a, for a decade and not release any music. That's his business. Mm. And I, I can appreciate that, yeah, his fans want more music from him, but he's also a human being. And by the sounds of it, he's not a very happy human being. No, I know. That album
0: was quite depressing. It was a lot. Um, very heavy. And... It sounds it's, very, it's very not, tortured, very tortured yeah, soul, you know. He does. But um, he's very talented, and you know, with Scissor as well. I hope whatever she's trying to get sorted gets released. It just sounds like a lot of them are in limbo almost, just in a limbo, mm-hmm. hoping that these people who have control of this stuff will eventually dangle it and let them, like you know, drop it basically. Exactly. Um, I mean, I actually wanted to check in with you. I was briefly talking to you about it yesterday. But um, any things that you're watching? And things that you want to start watching as well. Oh, Shows that yeah. Come on.
1: I really want to watch this Luke Cage thing. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's some, something to do with Marvel.
0: Yes, it is. And he's like a bulletproof black man, isn't that what Luke Cage is? And he wears a hoodie as well, so it's almost like a tribute to Trayvon Martin too. And all like young black youths yeah. who are basically like stereotyped because of wearing hoodies and looking that way so and i don't know
1: this guy who's playing luke the guy who actually plays him he's kind of good looking as well you know i think i haven't (laughs) looked at him
0: properly not yet
1: i think i want to watch this and i also want to watch the get down
0: um hasn't that been stopped on netflix like it's not being continued or something i don't know i don't know anything i think something happened with that it's like it's even not being renewed for a second season or the whole thing's been dropped i don't know but um yeah, I did see that. It looked interesting. The other thing I really wanted to watch is, um, it started already, is Atlanta. Oh, I side- I actually just watched the sixth episode today. <laughs> it's on episode six. Oh my gosh, I need to catch up.
1: No, no, no. It's so easy to watch because the episodes are like under
0: half an hour long. And okay.
1: You know, I'm not going to give anything away.
0: Just watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet. So that's, not, that's the next thing I want to watch, but definitely for this autumn. Um... Uh, what else is there? Queen Sugar I've heard about being quite an emotional, I tried difficult... watching that. You know what, yeah, I,
1: really, I really do admire Ava DuVernay. I, I think she's really great at what she does, but everything that I've ever tried to watch of hers, I just can't really seem to finish. Even her, sh- her films that she produced and whatever it is that she did... But she has, like, I think two films. One called I Will Follow. And then another one, I think, called In the Middle of Nowhere or something like that. Uh-huh. They came out quite a while ago. And um, I just couldn't finish either of them because I really, like, lost interest. And... and the thing with Queen Sugar is that it's really, really dark. Sure. But it's so dark to the point that I can't just can't watch
0: it and enjoy it it's not enjoyable it might be beautiful but it's not enjoyable not for me not for me i haven't tried yet so i'll I'll have a go and see what it's like for me um the other thing as well so on channel four i think they're airing the new series of empire now it's series three they're airing okay is that the new series yeah so I've never watched it before. The opening scenes, <laughs> I was telling you yesterday by WhatsApp, like, what is this show? This show is so much drama. And then the woman's trying to give birth, and he's whispering threats in her ear. Like, I've never seen anything like this. It's just, it's so over the top. I yeah, really want Empire to go back. Empire is really, Empire is now. super
1: over the top. It's super dramatic. It's super. I loved it. Extravagant. Like, even everything from, like, the, the set to the what they wear, it's, everything is over the top.
0: But I, it, but I like watching it though. Yeah, you know the style of it. Like I was trying to think about it. Is it almost kind of like black exploitation, like new black exploitation? Oh, I never
1: thought of it in that way. But you know now that you say that, I would somewhat agree with the whole very flashy and just over the top. Yeah, the, it's the, kind know, of like yeah, the new crime blax- and the yes, yes, yes. It's like a almost like a new era of black exploitation uh, movie. Or television,
0: but like if you will. I guess without the kind of sensitivity of that because of, you know, all the different things that are now on. Mm-hmm. If it was, if that was the only thing on, I think it might be quite. Although it's really enjoyable, I think that might be quite a sensitive thing of like why are we being displayed in this way once again, like crime and misogyny and just the horribleness of this guy. And but, but there's it's... nothing
1: realistic about Empire. Yeah, absolutely. The only realistic issues is Jamal's sexuality. Yes. And then maybe, like, you know, the more personal issues of family dynamic and, and having a very abusive and controlling father. Now, those are the themes that you can say, yes, you you can relate. But everything else is... You can't relate to anything else. It's really,
0: really trash and really over the top. But that not that what exploitation was? It was trash yeah. and over the top. Because yeah. that was the only thing available to them, but it's a just, lot of crime, highly sexualized yes. yeah but it's um it wasn't I loved it though I did enjoy it, and I guess because there's so many other things on at the same time you know by black directors starring black actors mm-hmm. being produced by entire teams of black writers like Atlanta mm-hmm. um it didn't it, it wasn't upsetting in that sense i I just I can just enjoy it it's just another show that's on that you know has black people in it. And has yeah. a black director. I really enjoyed it. But I need to go back and watch it. From the beginning. Do you think you'll ever watch I think I've asked you this many times, but do you think you'll ever watch Power? Oh my gosh, Power. I keep forgetting about this is fifty cent, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't <laughs> he, he have his penis out in an episode? Yeah. Like he for does. real for real. I don't think he understood that you could have had like, you know, like a, a dummy penis instead of your actual penis. The thing is, I don't, I don't even know for sure if that was his real penis because that apparently it was, know, and some, nobody told him he could have had like a prosthetic. He didn't have, yeah, to have but his f- own junk
1: out. Been, look, Curtis Jackson has been doing films for ages. I'm pretty sure that he's a smart enough man to know that he could have requested some sort of prosthetic member. <laughs> like, like he didn't need to get, he didn't need to whip it out. I honestly, I, I feel like we'll never really know what happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll never really know it's ridiculous I, but no I've never watched it I have never watched any of it and I do keep seeing like snaps of it on um Tumblr and stuff I just never have There's so many things I mean to watch and I just haven't watched mm-hmm. eventually though eventually,
1: eventually. I'm sure at some point you'll find the time
0: definitely to, to watch it um how about web series as well? Like, we haven't updated our web series in ages. What are you currently watching in terms of web series?
1: I I don't think I watch any web series at the moment.
0: I'm not either, you know. I, I've, like, fallen off completely.
1: If I'm honest with you, ever since Black and Sexy started, like, making their web series, like, a something that you pay for... I know it's going to make me sound cheap, but I don't care. <laughs> Ever since they did that, I just have stopped watching web series. Because I used to watch all their web series, like the Hello Cupid and the... Pretty much everything. Um, but now it's like you they only drop half of the episode on YouTube and then you have to go and pay to watch
0: the rest of it. Which and is... I, I think and, in terms of delivering it in that way, like dangling it and then snapping it away like that is a bit annoying. It's annoying, um, <laughs> annoying and honestly,
1: by the time it's gotten to the point where like I want to go find the website and figure out how to put my payment details, I've just lost interest and and like my, I just have decided to do something else. In that point, like I, I get easily distracted when I'm using the internet, like and I'm usually doing more than two things at a time. So yeah, I'm not watching any web series.
0: No, me either. Mainly movies and yeah. trying to get into these TV shows now. I need to go back and watch Empire and catch up on Atlanta. It's the main two things I'll be doing. I think you'll really like Atlanta.
1: It kind of, you know, the show isn't, it, it's, it, it, for me, it's not really going anywhere. We're, we're six episodes in and I just feel like, where is this narrative going? Okay, f- f- fair enough, I get it. It's like the everyday life of people who live Atlanta, who live in Atlanta, but it's more like the working class the unemployed slash working class demographic, but yeah, yeah.
0: I don't want to say anymore. Just okay. Just I will catch up. Just watch it. And also, um, I think we were meant to just have a brief recap as well of formation. Formation.
1: Yes, I completely forgot about that. So, how was how was it all for you? Because I don't think I ever really asked you properly if, like, how it was, how was the experience for you?
0: Um, it's, like, I've not seen many huge arena performances before. Right. Um, usually the artists that I'm into are doing smaller gigs, um, in more intimate spaces, so being in that big, on that big, you know, football pitch with all those people, people who, you know, very different backgrounds, like, huge groups of people, loads and loads of people, first of all, being in crowds anyway, I, I hate it, I'm just not particularly keen on it. Um, but the show itself was really beautiful. Um, The show itself was just so huge with the whole moving screens thing and the aerial artists. It was impressive. It was really, I was impressed. Um, I don't know how deeply it touched me. It was exciting and fun, but I was really impressed by it. How about you? I suppose I could say the exact same thing.
1: I think that that whole arena experience is very, very... uh, supernatural because there's so many bodies in that space over 80,000 a lot of people a lot of people
0: yeah
1: and yeah you know what I'm almost like kind of like like I don't really have much to say about it except for the fact that it was fun I'm happy that I got to experience that um but I think Because I prefer intimate live performance, smaller live performances a lot more. I think if I was ever lucky enough to experience a Beyonce show with like less than like a 200, 300 person audience, I think that's when it would really, really touch me. That's when I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm really, really seeing Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Like I'm seeing her for the performer that she really is but when it's a bit you're a bit a bit removed from it when you're like one of so many people
0: and it's such a huge production yeah It's massive Perhaps, i remember
1: i remember just walking down the stairs and um and she she had already just finished um what's the name of the, that song um yeah i think the song is called formation yeah So she had (laughs) finished, sorry, my mind went black. So she just (laughs) finished formation and she was about to go into Sorry, Ain't Sorry or whatever that's called. Yeah. And I remember just walking down the stairs I remember just like looking around and thinking, oh my God, shit, there's a lot of people in here. A lot of people. And that wasn't actually the sold out date. The day before us was the sold out date. Yeah,
0: it was. It wasn't even fully like packed to the rafters, even though it was packed to the rafters. Mm -hmm. could have like fit more people um yeah it's not it's not the way I often kind of experience music at all um but it was yeah it was something I needed to see I was obsessed Mm -hmm. with like the whole video release so I needed to see it live and I'm glad I did me too and
1: especially just like even seeing her physical body (laughs) I know this might sound a bit weird but just, like, seeing Beyonce's physical body is just actually really nice because you realise that, yeah, she's actually a human being and she is really, really gorgeous. Yeah, and she, is. she And just performance-wise, she has a great aura. It's like almost just seeing, yes, what I feel from my phone screen and my laptop screen, yes, it is real. She does have a great aura about her. And I don't know if it's just the way she's lit on stage, but she's almost as if when she's performing, she glows. Like, you know, she's just really radiant. She radiates at, like a lot of positivity and fun and and charisma. She definitely has a star quality about her.
0: Definitely, yeah. She's been doing it for a long time, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's... there are other artists that have been doing it for a, start- for a long time that don't have a similar kind of feeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. But she, she knows how to turn it on for the stage, definitely. For sure. It was sure. cool to see. It was cool to see. Um, and also Afropunk. So did you go to Afropunk?
1: No, I was actually working on that day. So, and... And the thing is that it was... is the That day I had, like, really committed to be at work. I'm Sorry, I had made a commitment to, like, really be at work. So it's not even like I could have turned around and said, oh, I'm not coming in, so... And but the thing is I wanted to go for Grace Jones because I've never seen Grace I've never seen Grace perform live before and I, I feel like she's such an iconic part of like of our culture. I just you know, I'd love to
0: see her live at least once, but it just was I think I've seen her live. Really? Yeah, like an island. It was like island records, some kind of like celebration or something. You know, I have seen Grace Jones I've
1: seen her, like, I've actually met her in person. She came... It's a long story, I'll tell you off the podcast. Um, But I've (laughs) actually met her in person, and she's really lovely, but I have never seen her perform live, which is what I really, really wanted, but I didn't get the opportunity.
0: But judging from... Yeah, I've definitely seen her live. I have definitely seen her live. It was a long time ago, though. Mm -hmm.
1: Where she is, like, dramatic and...
0: Yeah, it was the coolest. Yeah, it was the coolest. She is the coolest. Um, But I
1: didn't see much footage circulating or circling
0: on the internets. Of actual performances, yeah, of
1: anybody's performances. No, because
0: the main thing you do see from Afro are the outfits. Or just and the, the people who are attending. Yeah, but yeah,
1: but it's almost as if maybe people are going there and they're having so good of a time that they don't even have the time to get their phones out and record the performances.
0: Um. Yeah. Maybe they're just like really kind of awestruck and watching performances. Because
1: how many like. Beyonce videos will you find <laughs> of
0: the formation I mean, tour on the internet? A lot of them I made as well so it's like yeah I was busy filming things but but I guess maybe Afropunk is more of like you're experiencing rather than I was here yeah. maybe it's, it's you know more of an experience in that sense that like this? No, I didn't go I do wish I I do wish like I had perhaps felt more of an urge you know after the whole lineup thing mm-hmm. I just kind of lost interest a little bit and then they did adjust the lineup obviously. Yeah.
1: Even they did resist at first, but then I think they realised... they realised that having MIA as the headline was just really stupid.
0: Yeah, I think I think their resistance at the beginning of that is what kind of put me off and I think that's why I was wasn't that fuss. Me too. Um Me too. But it it does look like it, you know, was a great event in the end. And mm-hmm. um, probably next year, if they bring it back next year, you know, if we haven't all pissed them off too much and they come back again. Yeah. Um I'll probably go next year.
1: They're probably thinking like, event. oh my gosh, you, these London people are so ungrateful. We finally bring this event and all they can do is complain, complain about this and that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, but I'm sure it'll come back next year. It looked like it was quite successful, mm-hmm. you know, um, despite those hiccups at the beginning. So probably, yeah, I'll look to what they do, how they conduct themselves, basically, next year. And hopefully it's better awesome yeah cool so i think that is the end yes of episode eight great little adventure. Um, we didn't really yeah it has been we didn't really plan this time which is good in terms of like a list yeah so it's slightly more kind of conversational i think
1: yeah i think it's because i, I know for me i i plan everything in my life down to a t and I, I think maybe this is the same for you, like you're very much in control of your life, so sometimes doing things uh off the cuff is a bit scary, but at yeah, the same time it it's the scary, best definitely. way it's the best way to to um for it to be natural so
0: yeah so until next time oh also we actually are recording a different way this time as well so we're not actually in the room together we're not together that's the other thing we're not together right now because we do live at opposite ends of london literally and
1: literally like north and south like couldn't get any further
0: away so we try to we're trying to try a new thing out today um And hopefully it's worked. Hopefully the sound works out. Please let us know what you think as well, if you could sense that it was, like, slightly different. Um, We'd love the feedback. Now that we know people are listening. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Wicked. So we've been the London girls. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye.